Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mastermind.fm. Your hosts today are Ninja James Laws of Ninja Forms fame and myself, Jean Galea from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Today, we're going to be talking about taking an existing and already popular product and releasing a complete rewrite of it. We spoke already about making a complete rewrite of an existing plugin in episode 14, but today we're going to be following that up with the re-release of Ninja Forms and Ninja Forms 3 and uh, James is going to be speaking about their experience so far. So before we do that, let's uh, have a few words from our sponsors and we'll be back with you soon. Kinsta. If you've not heard that name before, along with fully managed WordPress hosting, then listen in because we have a treat for you. Kinsta is a fully managed enterprise-level WordPress host with locations around the world running on the powerful Google Cloud platform and the latest web technologies available. Kinsta's specialty is providing hosting environments where high-traffic, high-volume enterprise clients will flourish. Repeatedly rated first in performance among enterprise-level hosts by ReviewSignal's hosting performance benchmarking, Kinsta offers speed and stability unmatched by competitors. If your livelihood depends on your website's performance, check out Kinsta Managed WordPress Hosting today. Welcome back. So James, tell us a bit about Ninja Forms 3, the release. How long has it been so far? Uh, yeah, so this is, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little scared to have this conversation and I also think it could be fun. Uh, and the reason being is I want to have, I want to kind of have a candid conversation of launching a huge product and not just all the successes, because I can talk about how I think this has been the most stable release of Ninja Forms we've ever put out. And I could talk about how our marketing efforts seem to do really well. And I could talk about that there's been great love and feedback from people who have used it and experienced it. But it hasn't all been like roses, right? Like things have gone wrong. Things haven't worked out exactly the way we've wanted through the whole process. And so I think it'd be fun to be able to talk through that whole process. And so I'm going to kind of lay my soul bare to our listeners as we talk through this process. As many people know, over a year ago, we started this process of rewriting Ninja Forms. Uh, Ninja Forms 2.9 version, 2.9x is what most people are familiar with. Uh, and it hadn't been changed as from a user interface for a really long time. Now, we're in a fairly competitive space. Uh, form builders are really popular. There are lots of form builders out there. Most that people know about Gravity Forms, Formidable Forms. Uh, Caldera Forms is, a, is kind of a newer one in the in the space. You have Visual Form Builder, uh, Fast Secure Contact Form. Like, there's just so many form plugins. And we did really well with the kind of the add-on business model and set ourselves apart with that. But we decided we wanted to actually innovate. Like we wanted to go beyond what everybody was doing in the form builder space. So we decided we were going to rebuild the admin of the builder kind of as a JavaScript application instead of just another PHP procedural application as most plugins are and most form plugins are. Uh, so we started on that process, but we also knew in the process we wanted a completely brand new user interface. So a little over a year ago, we hired a company called Focus Lab, who, we, who had done all of our branding for the WP Ninjas for us, to help us rethink the user experience and the user interface of what form building could look like. Like if if WordPress were not the problem, if you like forget WordPress UI, how would we reimagine and think about form building? Uh, and so we started that process a year ago uh, on September 
I believe it was September 5th, or September 6th, actually. On September 6th, we pulled the plug and we launched it to all of our, our users. So 600,000 plus users started to see Ninja Forms 3.0 show up in their dashboards. And if I'm being honest, it was the single most scariest thing we have ever done. Um, because even when we launched 2.0, we had maybe 80,000 active users. And so when you launch to 80,000 active users, you can launch with quite a few bugs and it doesn't really impact, it doesn't seemingly impact as many people. But when you launch a product to 600,000 users, and if there are any bugs, it really shows. So it was a scary process. Uh, but yeah, on September 5th, we launched the product and it is now live and out there for the world to see. Awesome. And uh, so as you mentioned, this wasn't really the small time release that perhaps other smaller plugins go through every now and then. This was a real big change impacting hundreds of thousands of users. And so I'd like our audience to perhaps imagine and you can help them in uh, getting there. Uh, this Excel spreadsheet view, if we can just use that example where you can uh, just detail the amount of investment that went into this new release in terms of time and even costs so if we could think about a list of things that you did uh, before the release obviously and then we can talk about the results of all that later yeah absolutely so i mean you have obviously the actual financial cost of we hired a ui company to redesign this uh this was in the ballpark of a uh, of twenty thousand dollars give or take uh, investment upfront without any return. So you're, we're taking a real chance. Um, now we know the company and we, we downsize it. I'm sure they, if you were to do, to do a bigger project and have them work more closely with the development process, they would probably uh, charge a lot more. So I'm not going to get into the details of what they did with our project because I don't want to set their pricing standards uh, for, for future UI experiences. But we spent uh, a couple grand to, or I should say, uh, ten to twenty thousand dollars on that process to kind of rethink that, and that's a lot, that's a big expense for a free. Pl I mean, because this is, I mean, yes, we have a paid business model, but it was the free plugin that was getting the most benefit of that right out of the gate, and so there was that expense. There's the and James, if I if I may stop you right on that point, how would one go about finding such a company? I mean, I can't even begin to think of how I would do it. So, is it something that you, you got in touch with a friend or someone on Dribble, someone from a conference? How did that work? Yeah, absolutely fair. I'll give you my exact my I mean my process from the beginning to the end. My first thing I did is I sent out a tweet uh, to you know all of my followers and said, hey, I, we need a design company now. This this started for brand. So we wanted to redo our branding for the WP Ninjas and Ninja Forms and all of our subsidiary products. And so I just asked, hey, who, who, would, who would you guys recommend for a branding designer to, to work on this? And I got a lot of options and some people that, I, that I'm connect, already connected to on WordPress. Um, and I looked at their stuff and they were they're good designers, so I'm not downplaying there. But it didn't resonate with me. Like it didn't jump off their pages to me going, oh, they're going to nail our brand. I think they would have done a completely adequate job, um, all of these recommendations. They would have done a completely adequate job, but for whatever reason, you know, my heart didn't like, my heart didn't race for their designs and, and when I thought about my own brand. 
somebody, I don't remember who, just recommended go to Dribbble and look for designers there. So I loaded up Dribbble. I did a I did a quick search for brands, like branding design, and I just started opening up in new tabs. Every time I saw a design that I really liked for a brand, I would open it up in a new tab. So I went through that process and probably had like 15, 20 tabs open of, of just all these designs. I thought, man, these are fantastic. I love these. And then I started to go through the process of, all right, let me see, let me eliminate and see who I can reach out to based on this list. Now, I'm, this is no joke. This is completely serious. I went to each of those tabs and they were all designed by the exact same company. Every single one of them. Once that happened, I knew I didn't care what they charged me. I don't care what they were going to ask for. This is the company I wanted to do my brand. So I reached out to them. I went to their website, filled out a form. And uh, it was kind of funny because they had a, one of those like questions that I guess is supposed to be like a cultural question to see if they're a good fit. They asked, what's your favorite movie? And my answer was anything with Danny Kay. <laughs> and they replied to me like, hey, we their project looks interesting, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to be honest. You had us at Danny Kay. And I was like, I love these people. Like, I want to do business with them. And so they did our brand, uh, and we spent a good chunk of money, right, to redo our brand. So when it came time for us to do UI, they've already done, they've done projects like app design for, like, Jib Jab and other companies. Like, they've done some really nice stuff. So when it came time for us to do our user interface, there was no question we were hiring them. We knew while we were doing the branding, we were going to hire them for the user experience and the user interface when we had time and the finances to do it. So that's that's how that process came about for us. For anyone who doesn't know who Danny Kay is, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link something in the show notes, but he's kind of... He was a kind of an old school singer, uh, dancer, actor, comedian, uh, just a phenomenal, you know, did movies like The Inspector General. And yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just great. Awesome. And so let's uh, take it back to that Excel sort of spreadsheet that we are building. So you have the UI cost and then what else? Well, now, of course, we also have the development cost, right? So our entire development team, and we had to make some decisions in this. We knew 2.9 was going out. Like, that was not the new way. So on some levels, uh, I'm going to talk about this cost in two different ways. There is opportunity cost or, uh, you know, keeping current customers happy, so to speak. And then the development cost to keep the nose, our noses down and get 3.0 out the door. So at some point, we had certain issues that we had to say from a support-specific situation, these will be fixed in 3.0 even though we didn't have a hard date for 3.0 because we couldn't keep distracting the development team to be chasing fires and get this product written. So we had over a year of you know three full-time developers working on this exclusively, myself doing all of the CSS and HTML structure and, and the UI stuff. Like I, my job was to take what Focus Lab had done for us from a user experience or a user interface and actually make that work in HTML and, and JavaScript. So I, I started that process and then the dev team kind of took it and ran with it from there. Uh, so we have that development cost and I don't even know, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, you take a year of salary of three full-time devs, so you have that cost. Um, and they almost, and understand, we weren't building, we didn't build new add-ons for Ninja Forms during that time. We didn't 
Like we weren't doing anything pushing Ninja Forms further. We were just focusing solely on 3.0. We knew that 3 was the future and we needed to focus all of our energy on that. Uh, so there's that development cost. And, and I say opportunity cost because as a product, if you're not putting out new things, if you're not doing feature updates, if you're not doing that stuff, uh, to the public, uh, you can look like you're stagnating, even though behind the scenes we were innovating like crazy to the, to the average user who might be installing Ninja Forms from the day we started to the day before we launched, it could seem like not a lot of activity was taking place. And that certainly can impact your sales. And so there's that cost. And uh, if I can stop you right there, in terms of revenue overall, during this year of development, was it still growing organically or did it sort of plateau because you haven't been releasing stuff? We still had the same kind of uh, flow and seasons. You know, most plug-in businesses find that right around Memorial Day, they're, uh, you know, as far as a U.S. holiday, right around Memorial Day, sales start to drop off. And right around Labor Day, sales start to pick back up. So during that summer, that summer period, uh, our sales definitely would take kind of a little bit of a dip and be kind of level. And in the winter months, both in the beginning of the year and the end of the year, they would be climbing up again. Uh, so we still had that, but they weren't the growth that we had seen the year previous. Uh, and that was, I think... Uh, what attributed to that was the fact that we were focused so much on three that we weren't able to market, we weren't able to push. And let's be and to be completely honest, most of us didn't want to market 2.9. Like we were, we had used three, we had the UI, we were already working within that a little bit. So to to go back to 2.9 was painful. In fact, most of our customers who use 3.0 now go every time I've had they've had to go back to 2.9, they're like, ah, oh, it's so painful. And we agree. So we didn't even we were kind of to be honest, we were we just didn't want to market it we knew what the what was coming was so much better so we just kind of focused on that and so even uh, I, i know the list is longer but even now i can get a sense of the responsibility that i guess you all felt on your shoulders given this time and cost invested were there any moments where you kind of felt anxious about you know having when, when would this product be ready and whether it was the right choice to invest so much money and time in it Yeah, I think as an entrepreneur, I I felt that anxiety like two months in because you want to get you know you want to launch. Nobody wants a one year launch pad. That's insane. And from a business, and for the for certain types of business, that's probably suicide to take that much time to focus on on the new version. And almost, I wouldn't say we neglected the old version, but we definitely didn't push it forward. We did just enough to keep it running and to make sure our users were able to do what they needed to do with it. But we didn't go any further than that. So me, I mean, just a couple months in, I'm like, I'm ready to launch. And I don't think even us as a team understood just how complicated of a task we were undertaking. Uh, you know, before Ninja Forms was a basically a PHP procedural app that had some jQuery spaghetti to handle things like dragging and dropping and stuff like that. But we completely rewrote it in, with Backbone, Marionette, and Underscore. So it is a complete and total JavaScript application where PHP is only handling the processing portion. It's not handling any of the activity inside the builder or even in the, the form display in inline validation and all of that. So it was it was a daunting task. And, and probably about three months, two to three months in, I started to get really anxious. And then I think three months after that, I made my piece that this is just going to be a long process and it, it's worth, it's better to do it right 
than to do it fast. So we just kind of settled down and I started to decide that instead of worrying about when it was going to launch, I was going to start talking about the things that we were doing as we were getting them done and start promoting as much as I could and build some anticipation for just how great we knew three was going to be. So I've been listening to a couple of podcasts and one of the recurring themes with uh, relaunches was those companies which had investors, the CEOs and, uh, you know, the people managing the company were talking about how hard it was to actually convince the investors that this product needs to be rewritten. You know, that you've got a profitable product and these guys actually want to put in a bunch of money to rewrite an existing successful product. How would you say if you had investors, how would you convince them and Did you perhaps prepare any budgets beforehand of how much the whole thing would cost and how much return you would get from a financial perspective? I I will say from the budget standpoint, I wish. I wish we had sat down and made a budget so I could have planned a little more appropriately for this. Uh, so we've definitely felt that the pinch of getting to launch. Uh, we definitely could feel that. But I will say, kind of stepping back, it's it's hard. Like, right, investors have, generally speaking, investors want to make money. They want to return on their investment, and that is their sole focus. But my focus as an entrepreneur is I want to build something great, and I want to build a legacy of something beyond just myself. And I knew we couldn't do that if we weren't willing to innovate and rewrite and take some chances. Every good entrepreneur knows that the best successes are when you take chances. It's high risk. High return requires high risk. Uh, that also means, though, because it, the, the high risk, the chances of great loss are equally you know, uh, on the table, and you have to keep that in mind. So from an, from an entrepreneur talking and a business talking to an investor, all I could do is talk. I would have had to have done, been, been more Um, diligent about the budget and what we think the return could be on it. I have ideas on what I think the return is on doing this rewrite, but nothing that an investor, that I would be able to give to an investor to to uh, justify the change. Um, I think a change like this would be hard to 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 make the case to an investor, honestly. I think it would be a really tough sell. Um, I think it could be done But you really have to, you would have to bring out the landscape of all of the competitors, explain where you think they're lagging behind and why the, where the web is going. And you're, you're really making an emotional plea to the future of the web. And that's really to us what Ninja Forms 3 was. It was an emotional plea to the future of WordPress plugins. So we started building Ninja Forms as a JavaScript solution well before Matt Mullenweg ever gave his Learn JavaScript deeply homework assignment to the WordPress community. We had already started it. So I, it, it's actually encouraging to us. It was encouraging to us to all as a team to all sit around and watch the state of the word and basically hear the decisions that we had been making validated by Matt. So we're really excited about it. But yeah, it's a hard process. I don't know that I could justify making this. It's very much a gut emotional thing. And if and either an investor gets it or they don't. Yeah, sounds like uh, I think I would agree that it would be a hard sell in this case. And so having a bootstrapped company enabled you to make this move without having to go through long drawn processes with investors. So that's an advantage of having a bootstrapped company within the WordPress space. And obviously the, the flip side of that is that with investors, 
you would kind of be playing with their money. And in this case, you were playing with your own money. So the pain is much higher, I guess. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> and so let's go to, back to our virtual spreadsheet that we are building. What else did go in into this uh, rewrite? Yeah, so we've talked about right hiring the design, getting the design in place. We talked about the development costs, uh, the opportunity costs lost from not pushing the current product forward. I, you know, I think from the standpoint, then there is the support cost because you're dealing with before launch the pre-launch support cost. You're dealing with a lot of customers who are maybe they're wanting features that are you know are coming in 3.0 but they're not in the current code base and people are wondering why you're not doing that. And it's hard to explain to a user that the way we built 2.9 has stunted our ability to add some of the features that they want quickly and in a stable fashion. And so the three-point release was, a, there was a, and there still is, is an education process to our current users saying, this isn't just about wanting to do something new and flashy. This is about building something that is more stable and, and stronger and a better foundation for those new features that you know you're going to want and that we know you're going to want in the future. So there was definitely a, a support cost of kind of managing those expectations throughout the process of we're not pushing 2.9 forward, we're, we're working on three, what you want is coming in three, or we'll be coming in 3.1 or 3.2 because it's laying a foundation for all of that stuff. So that, those are, I think, that, I think that would be the majority of, I would say, of the costs that we, we've dealt with. I'm certainly there are definitely other kind of side costs or adjacent costs through that process, but those are the big ones. How about your marketing in terms of, I know you are very present at conferences showing the new product. I know you have built a very interesting VIP list for people who are interested in Ninja Forms 3 and kept informing them of new developments and even, you know, mailing some packages out before the release to, to sort of spread the word. Can you tell us more about that? What was involved in there? Yeah, so let me just say first, like, this Ninja Forms 3.0 is a complete UI change. Like, if you went from 2.9 to 3.0, it could be jarring, right? Because it's a completely different thing. We think, we believe, and I think it's being proven to be true, most people love it. Most people think it is a much more enjoyable experience. But we knew it was going to be jarring. We knew that there was going to be pushback. We didn't follow the WordPress style guide for designing this plugin. We had our own style guide in mind. Um, I will say I'm, I'm kind of happy. Uh, Mika uh, Epstein, who does a lot of the WordPress.org forum. She eval she reviews plugins that get submitted into the WordPress plugin directory. Uh, she works for DreamHost as one of their WordPress uh, support, uh, high up support levels for just the, the word managed WordPress stuff that they do. She made a point that while it did take over the whole screen and it didn't use the WordPress UI, it felt like WordPress didn't look exactly like WordPress, but it definitely felt like WordPress. And that meant a lot to us because we wanted to design something that felt like the spirit of WordPress, but didn't have to be confined and controlled by the style guide of WordPress. All that to be said, we knew this was going to be a jarring experience. And we knew there was going to be a segment of people that hated it and, and just hated us for doing it. Um, but we wanted to take that risk. So in, in the process of kind of going through that process, we decided we wanted to be completely transparent 
from the get-go. So early on in the development cycle, I would say all the way back into January of this year, when we had only been about three months in, we started doing a developer podcast, inviting all, everyone who wanted to be a part of it to hear the progress talk about the decisions that we were making, why we were going the JavaScript route, why we were using Backbone, why were we, why we were using the, the templating system we were using, um, why the UI decisions we were making, all of that stuff, we wanted it to be completely and totally transparent. At the same time, I had been impacted by a lot of people in this community. Ajahn, you're one of those people as a, as a friend, as a co-host, who's, who's kind of pulled me out into doing podcasting, and, and, and it's been a, a, an awesome experience. Uh, people like Chris Lemma, who have offered advice and, and steered us in direction and helped us make decisions through processes. Corey Miller, a good friend who has been, uh, whether he considers himself a mentor or of mine or not, I kind of see him as that. I, I, am, I am always encouraged by him, and I I look up to him and, and a lot of the way he runs his business. There were so many people and there's so many other people that I could I could mention in that. I decided that I wanted to share the experience with them. So what I did is I just made a, a, a really quick form and just asked everybody to, uh, I just basically based on request, it wasn't an open ask. I asked very specific people, hey, you have impacted our business in some way, shape or form we'd like to get some information from you. So I asked for things like t-shirt size and uh, favorite color and just like basic information, their dress. Uh, and so leading up to launch, on launch day, three, uh, the goal was, and this didn't work for everybody because obviously it's hard to predict overseas packages and I'm sure you'll want to take a jab at me for that later. <laughs> um, but in most cases, we wanted the package to arrive no, no more than a week before launch. And in it, I had a letter that I basically told them why they were getting the package and what our plans were. And it came with a t-shirt. And I think a lot of people, you know, I sent whiskey to people who drank. Um, I sent them a Sharpie marker so they could personalize their t-shirt. Um, we had a little postcard of the entire team. The entire team signed the postcard. Uh, some sunglasses, some customized M&Ms, and like just, uh, just a care package of hey, we did it, we launched three, and we want you to celebrate with us. And we, on, on the launch day, on September 6th, uh, at 2 p.m., when we called it, we pressed the button and... Ninja Forms 3.0 went live to the world. And it was so cool to see all of those people that I had sent those packages to just kind of reach out and show their love and say, hey, congratulations. Pictures with their t-shirts, pictures with their little shot glasses with the Ninja Forms 3 on it. And all of that was just really cool. Matter of fact, if you want to see kind of the Twitter storm that we created during that time, we kind of did a, a post of all of the, you know, we love you for loving three. And we just kind of showed all of the, a bunch of our favorite tweets that went out that day. Um, so yeah, uh, that was kind of our marketing process. I did a series of videos leading up called Discover Three, where I would just talk about a piece of three, a little video walkthrough. And maybe it was to showcase how layouts were built or how the builder worked, the drag and drop, how to build forms with a keyboard without ever touching your mouse, things like that, just to show off some of the power that was being built into it. Our whole goal, again, was to be completely transparent as well as, I think, build anticipation that what we were releasing was better. Not just better than Ninja Forms previously, but really better than anything else out there. And so we just wanted to build that anticipation so that when, uh, Chris Lemma said it best in a talk he did at WordCamp Miami, that what you want is you don't want people to ask, 
you, I, I can't remember the exact term that he used, but you don't want to be, you don't want people to ask what it is. You want to be able to, you want people to ask, when can I get my hands on it? And that was our goal with our, our marketing was not to ask, you know, you know, what is it and what does it do and why do I want it or any of that stuff. We just wanted people to say, no, I, when, when can I get it? When can I use it? Uh, the failure in that process is we might have started a little too soon. <laughs> And so we we started to get people, we had a lot of people saying, when can I get my hands on it? And then it started to turn into, is this thing ever going to be available <laughs> to if they ever get it done? And so there is a danger of marketing too, too much too soon and, and kind of having that kind of negative, are they ever going to get it out? Awesome. I'm really, I was and still am blown away by the amount of effort and the marketing side of things that you and your team went into there. And even things like uh, the fact that you only mail the whiskey to people who drank shows the amount of attention to detail that you go into when doing these things. And I think this is something, uh, one of the key takeaways that our audience should uh, notice from from this episode and so before we move on to the results of this launch i think we've covered most of the expenses now and the investment and so let's talk about what the results were but before we do that let's take a short pause for our sponsor mastermind.fm would like to take a moment to introduce you to influx wordpress customer support Helping your users understand and make the most of your product is an around-the-clock job, and even the largest businesses need help with support sometimes. Influx will augment your team and take the stress out of scaling and scheduling, 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Pricing is transparent and scalable, so you're sure to find the service that's right for you and yours. So take a look right away at Influx.com to find your specialized WordPress customer support solution. Welcome back. And so we're going to talk about the results. So you said the launch was on the 3rd of September, was it? The 6th, the 6th of September. So there's not much time since then, but uh, for sure you've seen some results. So tell us what you, you've seen so far. Yeah, so to, to start, I want to say, you know, and this isn't to pick on any other plugin or any other launch, but if many people will remember uh, Yoast SEO did a big launch. It was a big change, a lot of JavaScript. And they got a, and, and and there was a lot of conflicts and breakage, right? A lot of things just broke, and they scrambled to fix it, and they they did all their stuff, and we saw that, and we didn't want to find ourselves in that same position, because we know Yoast puts out good products, like we know Yoast works hard, we know that. So this wasn't just an issue of well, Yoast doesn't care, and he put out, you know, his team put out garbage. We knew that wasn't the case, but. We know, we know, like them, right, that we're launching on so many permutations of installs with plugins and different WordPress installs and different versions of PHP. And we have the complexity of being the add-on model, right? So we have 40, 50-plus add-ons that also have to work and integrate. And all that data, when they convert, has to migrate over to the new database schema. So all of that stuff has to change at the same time. And that is challenging. And I will say, I would like to say, we've done that very, very well. And I think that's true. But we did not do that perfectly. It, not every conversion went the way that we wanted to. And we did get a huge support load of people, and mostly customers, which is the worst part, right? Because these are the people who've paid us money, had migration issues and had struggles. And most of them we've been able to get solved. And we've our support team has done white glove, go in there, and we will migrate things for you if, we've, if something's happened. But nobody likes that. 
So it hasn't been perfect, but what we did try to do, and I think was smart, even though I think some people think it was too clever, I think it was a smart move, is we shipped with our deprecated code base included, and we're still supporting security and all that stuff in the 2.9 code base. But what that allowed was if you upgraded to 3.0, and for any reason, you had custom code, you had a plugin that didn't wasn't compatible, whatever, one click, your data, your 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 data in the 2.9 version was safe. One click, you could roll right back to the old version. Contact us, and we could help you through that process. So that has, I think, protected us from a lot of what could have been bad publicity and bad press from just the process not going well. Now that creates other challenges. Um, there, there are some things that that makes difficult. It makes it, it means now where if you try to nuke all of your settings, um, that only works and only was work. There was a bug where that was only working in 2.9 and not 3.0. So if, if you think through this logic, um, I think Jeff from WP Tavern was trying to set up a clean install to try out Ninja Forms 3 but he didn't know how to do it because the Nuke version in 3.0 was buggy and wasn't working. So I had to tell him, roll back to 2.9 and nuke it from there and then delete and reinstall. The problem is we save an option to let us know which version, which code base we should load. So when he tried to load Ninja Forms to have a clean 3.0 first install experience, guess what he got? 2.9, because that option doesn't get purged because that's a 3.0 convention. So there are some challenges that just didn't work the way that we wanted to, and so it's not been perfect. Um, the support load has been heavy because we've had a, actually a huge influx of new users, brand new. So our support has increased, almost doubled since we launched. Uh, and that's been problematic because not only do we have issues where there are genuine issues or things are broken and or things didn't migrate the way we wanted them to, uh, we have free users who are new to the system and they're just asking some of the basic questions that new users sometimes ask. But it's hard to kind of separate those and triage those properly and make sure. And so we've found some struggle in our support system where we've, we've kind of, I think, dropped the ball a little bit. And some users who should be getting faster responses are not getting as fast a response as we want. We've seen some one-star reviews because of that. Um, now, granted, it's not been nearly as bad as I thought it could have been <laughs> with a launch this big and of this area. I think we've had, since we've launched, I think we've had four or five one-star reviews and one five-star review. And to be completely honest, to 600,000 users, to a brand new code base, to a totally new system, doubling our support load as we onboard new users, uh, I will take five one-star reviews. I'm pretty impressed that that's the worst that it's gotten thus far. I actually came across the one-star reviews. I think it was during last week's episode as we're going through and talking about the .org repo plugin display and how to improve that. And I think I must also mention that the way your support team uh, handled those one-star reviews was excellent. And in fact, I could see that if I think it was after every one-star review, after the interaction with your support team, the user came back and admitted that it was just his own fault for not uh, doing a setting properly and that everything works fine after all. So I guess that's uh, another thing to keep in mind, to have great support in place, ready to anticipate this new influx of users and changes that is going to have this perhaps negative response. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I wish I could say all those one star reviews were easily turned around because they were user error. Um, I'm 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 not going to say that if somebody had a bad poor a, a support experience from us that we didn't drop the ball. In most cases, we found several issues where we did drop the ball. So this is again, I said I was going to lay my soul bare here. There were some instances where we as a team absolutely dropped the ball and and res support responses were at far too long or way too many before we got an issue resolved. And so we actually had a heart-to-heart a -heart team meeting even this morning, and we've kind of re refocused our team. And, and we've kind of said, right, we don't have developers on staff right now. We have support team members on staff. They just happen to know how to code. That's it. Our whole team, everybody, including myself, is in support. Uh, and because we want to stabilize, we're at that period. We just launched this big product, and we need to stabilize, and we need to see where things, where there's friction in the product. And this is our best time. Most of us in WordPress space, right? We don't have my uh, my CTO Kevin said, you know, most companies, large companies, have a Q and A department, right? They have a people that that's all they do. Well, you know, as a WordPress product, most of us don't have QA departments. The best we have is our developers and our support team testing things, and we have automated testing, and we have all this process. But really, to be completely honest, our customers are our QA department. And so we need to be very diligent in support in this in this early stage of such a huge launch so that we can fix those things. So we're learning. It was a learning experience. I still, I will still say, and this is true, Ninja Forms 3.0 has been more stable than any even point release that we ever put out in 2.9. And so there has been a whole lot of effort to make sure that's the case. That doesn't mean it's perfect, and that doesn't mean there aren't bugs, and that doesn't mean that we don't have to do better from a support standpoint. But I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of my team and, and what we were able to accomplish through that. Awesome. I, I can see that you're all very happy with the way things turned out, even in terms of the product itself, how much better it is than the previous product. And I was wondering whether you can already see an impact on revenue in terms of this new release, or is it still early days? It's, it's, it's probably too early to say whether the sales numbers that we are seeing are directly related to 3.0. I can say that yesterday we had our best sales day of the year. And better so our best sales day of the year actually happened on January 23rd in the beginning of the year and ever since then it's everything has been a little bit lower than that. And today we just beat our January, which is, January is always a high month for us anyway. So we already have really high day sales in January and so now in September we've had our best sales day. Is that related to 3? I don't know. Is it related to some of our pricing membership tier changes. I'm not sure whether it's our marketing efforts. It's, it's really hard to say at this point. Um, I will say that from, from what the feedback that we're getting, people really love Ninja Forms 3.0. Um, it's not without its challenges. It's not that we're not, we don't have to improve and innovate and keep pushing forward, but uh, it's been really, really well received. It's not well received by everybody. Like I said, we know that there was going to be a percentage of people that hated the new user interface because it didn't look exactly like WordPress. Um, but we were willing to, to take that risk and perhaps lose a few of those people because we think the vast majority of people will really love it. And I think we've seen that. And, and sales have been going, uh, have been up and up since launch. So I'm pretty excited about that. 
Awesome. So I think that would wrap up this discussion about the rewrite and re-release of this plugin. I would like to remind people that we discussed the technical side of things uh, with regards to this rewrite in episode 14. So uh, if you're interested into that side of things, please go back and have a listen to that one. And before we continue, let's take a short break for our sponsor. We'd like to take a minute to draw your attention to a new host in town. Pressed Managed WordPress Hosting. Prest offers all the benefits and performance of a managed WordPress host running on Amazon Web Services, with some compelling additional features for those of you doing work for clients. Prest is a white-label service that lets you create your own brand and bundle hosting into services you already provide. The best part is that they handle all the hard stuff, like billing, customer support, and server maintenance. Put together pre-configured plugin and theme packages for your clients' needs and build a reoccurring revenue stream as a Prest partner. Check them out over at press.net and turn the hosting over to them so you can focus on a great client experience, complete with hosting. And we're back. And James, did you have anything else to talk about in, in regards to this re-release? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's not particularly to Ninja Forms. It's just to anybody out there who has a product. Um, I know at times there there are different ways of approaching needing to make infrastructure change, foundation change, code changes, right? There is an iterative approach where you can take portions of that plugin and rewrite it. But sometimes you come to the conclusion that the whole foundation has to change and it's going to be almost impossible to, to go through, to, to do that without just completely rewriting. Um, I, I would like to encourage people to be adventurous um, to be daring, to be risk takers, to think outside the box, to look at their space outside the confines. If we stuck ourselves to we have to fit within the ninja, to within the WordPress user interface and follow that style guide and their conventions, I don't think Ninja Forms could be what it actually is today. Uh, I don't think we could accomplish some of the things that we're accomplishing. So be willing to take some chances. Uh, it, it can pay off. I think, you know, maybe our story is yet to be to be fully written, and we don't know whether or not this this launch was the right decision for us, even though we are very confident that it was. Um, but you never know unless you try. Uh, I would just encourage people to take risks. Uh, do what you got into business to do and innovate and and be in charge of your own destiny. We talked a little bit about, right, like it might be a hard sell to an investor of why we should rewrite. This is why I'm glad we were bootstrapped because we were able to be in charge of our own destiny. Now, granted, we might fail, but we failed because we wanted to make a decision and we wanted to try something bigger than perhaps others have tried or perhaps we were have tried in the past. We are in charge of our own destiny. So I just want to encourage people to be willing to do that and and th at least, at the least, ponder, what if? What if we took this change? What if we jumped big? What if we invested huge into the next release? Because I think you might be surprised what you could come up with. Very interesting, James. Thank you for sharing all this information. I, th I feel very uh, much more confident, say, 
um, having this framework and having gone through this process with you and in terms of what happened, what needed to happen before the release and what happened after. And I think that our audience will also find it useful. And I'd love to see other plugins. I know too many times I see plugins reach a certain stage and then sort of fizzle away because perhaps they lack the courage to go in for a rewrite and release a better and quite different product than the first product. And so I'd like to see more people within the WordPress space take the step that you have taken as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Speaking of which, I think this is the kind of episode that actually motivated us to start this podcast, you know, an episode where we could really learn from each other and where we could be honest with the whole process. And this also led us to thinking whether it would make sense to have a mastermind.fm community. And so if you, our audience, want or would be interested in joining such a community, it could be based on Slack. The details can be ironed out later, but we're, we're trying to gauge the interest right now. So if you enter interested in something like this please email us or reach out to us on twitter as usual and let us know what you think yeah i definitely would love to hear some feedback from people there's lots of great communities out there um post status has a great slack group and there's they have a channel dedicated to to the idea of doing business um, but a lot of times even that channel sometimes is a lot of just hey what's going on in the news as it pertains to business and not actually the expressing of ideas and how do we how do we do that and so there's some great communities but we we definitely think there's room possibly for a community centered right around just getting ideas, bouncing ideas, talking about the hard issues, working through those processes as it pertains to running a business. And uh, we think mastermind.fm might be a great um, a catalyst for that community. So we'd love to know if anybody else is interested in that. Awesome. So we'll, we're going to be hearing from you soon, I hope. Speaking of which, we have one new review from Ashton, who's uh, left us a review this month on iTunes. And Ashton says, John and James jump right to the point in every episode, covering great topics for anyone starting or running a business online or in WordPress. Their tips are always concise and actionable. Thank you very much, Ashton. And uh, I think that's it for today's episode, James, unless you had something else to add. No, I think that uh, about sounds out. I will say this. Uh, I guess I do have one thing to say. If you have questions uh, about anything that we're doing in business or anything that we have ever said in an episode, so we talked a lot about NinjaForms 3.0 and our launch and the rebuild process, stuff like that. But if you have questions uh, about something that we've said and you want clarification, we could always come back and touch base on this on another episode, uh, even if it's just a portion of that episode to talk about that. So please submit questions. You can email us at podcast at mastermind.fm or you can go right to our website to and click the link on the top at mastermind.fm to submit a question and we would love to hear from you of course you can always leave comments as well excellent and if they want to get in touch on twitter james where can they find you uh you can find me on twitter at james laws and myself at jangalea and my website jangalea.com so that's it for today thanks guys take care and we'll see you in the next episode of mastermind.fm see you next time